0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rivers Corbin, and I am the luckiest man alive because I get to hang out with entrepreneurs from Atlantic Canada, that little space in the world that is doing magic with entrepreneurs in four provinces, population less than 200, sorry, 2 million people, but just really doing some magical journeys. And Look, my guest today is the real deal, and I, I actually put that into the uh, into the, uh, the, the the name section because I have known Ross Parks for centuries. It's really been that long, and I can say that one, our friendship is very deep, but also our passion for forging our own way, forging our own path, making it work our way and being just an incredible entrepreneur. And so straight from Arizona today is Ross Real Deal Parks. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the Atlantic Canada section, Real Deal. Good to see you, dude.
1: Great to see you, man. It's always good to see you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to go through an interesting journey, ladies and gentlemen. And because I don't have a script for this conversation. I, and most conversations I get into with our with our guests, I try not to, but this one is very intriguing for me because I've never really understood what Ross does, but I know he does it in a very impactful way that is building a quiet little fiefdom empire, or whatever you want to call it, out of Kentville, Nova Scotia. And I want to learn more about it too. So Ross... I want to know about your car business, and I'm going to let you take it from there. Q, real deal. Tell us about your car business, and don't tell us about what you're doing now. Kind of lead into that first year to two years where you said I'm going to do this, and then we're going to talk about the momentum. We're going to talk about things of what makes it work, what makes you tick, and why Kentville is the area. Nothing wrong with Kentville, by the way. Go, go, uh, Axman. But uh, And I know that's in Wilfield, but close enough. But anyway, back to you. I'm talking. Go for it. Rivers, let's, let's go
1: back. We'll drop a couple things here just so we can remember uh, them as we go forward. When I was three years old, uh, I lived in the Annapolis Valley, which is where I'm back to. Uh, just be careful what you wish for sometimes. Uh, yeah. my, parents, my parents bought me a little Datsun diecast car. So that's when I was three years old. And I collected diecast all along. So there, that's a little drop. Uh, you know, my marketing background, my media background, all that kind of stuff. Up until, yeah, two, up until, up until 2010 uh, or 11, um, I had uh, basically uh, collected cars, Datsuns, old Nissan cars. That was my little, you know, I had a car or two. I was restoring them myself. And in yeah, 2000.
0: these
1: are not diecast ones now. These are the no, real these, cars. Are, these are starting to be the real deal. Yeah, starting to be the <laughs> real deal. So that, but that's, yeah. where my, that's where my memory anchor came from is why, you know, people say, why Datsuns? Well, I, I bought this diecast when I was three and it kind of just stayed in my mind. <clears throat> but in 2010, I got a call out of the blue from a gentleman who, uh, who said, listen, I understand you guys run a car club, uh, the Nissan Datsun Car Club back in Atlantic Canada. Uh, I'm losing my storage space in the Annapolis Valley. Now, at the time, I lived 27 years in Halifax, the biggest city yeah. on the East Coast. Yeah. And uh, Bruce said to me, listen, I'd, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to retire to the valley. I currently live overseas. I've been teaching for years. But I've got these cars I'm about to lose a storage space for. And I said, okay, well, I'll start looking around for a building. Well, we found this building in North Alden or outside Kentville, Nova Scotia, to house at the time in 2012. By the time he moved back, his 20 cars and my 30 cars, part of our personal collection. (laughs) Well, when we looked at the building, the building would house 197 units or vehicles. Well, of course, you know, me What? boom, it didn't take much money. You're the deal, man. You're the real deal. Why don't we sell the spaces? So We've turned a, uh, we turned an old chicken farm that was 40 years old back in 2012, repainted it, bright car club, you know, car farm, we call it now. We refer to it as Datsun North, white, blues, greens. We re the floor. We insulated the walls and basically bought these four buildings, what I would I call up the code, if you would. Yes. And started a car, started a rental business, or storage business that fall. So I was still in Halifax in 2012, 13, 14, 15. Well, in the fall of 2015, I said to my other half, I said, Kimberly, would you like to retire? And she goes, well, what would that look like? I said, well, you know, you sell your big house in Halifax. And at the time, she had been watching tiny house, you know, the tiny house uh, buildings and stuff from the US, tiny house nation or whatever they called it. And I said, "Uh, where are we going to put this house? She goes, well, down in the down the farm, like you've got water septic. You've got water septic power. What do you think? And we'll move down there. And if I keep to continue to work part-time, and we'll move to Arizona, you know, for the six months in the wintertime. So what happened was uh, we got set up in the Valley in the summer of 16. And the restoration business on the side has continued to grow. I mean, that continues to grow. But you're talking about more about the storage business.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> first of all, can I just pause you for a second? Yeah. So You're a Datsun guy. So, 30 Datsun cars. First of all, why did you keep getting Datsun cars? Did you do anything with them? Did you look at them? Did you sit in them and go, what did you do with 30 Datsun cars? I I restored
1: a few. uh, Some were bought as restored. Um, I've done, just as a side, I'm the largest importer of Datsun Nissan vehicles in Canada. And we became the company is called Zedsport Sport Canada. It started in 2006 with a couple of other partners, uh, of which I own the company, but they were very much involved in helping. And Bruce in 2010 actually assisted as well. But that whole Datsun thing just became, uh, you know, uh, that was our brand. I mean, right. uh, we, we knew that vintage was going to kick in. We knew the rear wheel drive. And, and it's really interesting because, you know me, I'm an old dinosaur. In 2014, We've been doing this for six or seven years. We may be up to like 200 cars at that point in time. And cars were running out. We used to go to the to the Calais border and bring back six or eight at a time. We'd fly to Boston, drive them home. Datsuns. All kinds, all kinds Only of Datsuns. All 240s, 260s, all Zs. We, we specialize in 70 to 78, what they call S30 cars, which are 240s, okay. 60s, and 80s. In 2000, oh, wait a minute. Pause a sec. Because
0: yeah. this is an important piece for you. You specialize in that, that, those uh, brands but they're all Datsun they're not just cars they're Datsun cars of the
1: of the 439 cars I've done yeah 80 percent would
0: be Datsun or Nissan love it okay cool yeah. so this is this is niche focus ladies and gentlemen Absolutely. at its very very best so in Go 2014
1: forward. in 2014 Jay Leno did a big special on a 240 that he bought there was magazine articles he moved from Haggerty, of course then you've got this cumulative thought process and all of a sudden, supply is going down and demand is going crazy. So in 2014, we were having a hard time getting cars. So we started a, a division called um, uh, Big Monster Builds, which basically were taking big monster engines like a 302 Ford or a 350 Chev or an LT1 okay. or whatever it might be and putting them in these cars because kids in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, the big cities for the most part, because I was getting 40 or 50 calls every week from my website. Wow. But in 2014, which I get is interesting, and I say old dinosaur because you've got to, I mean, in this world, yesterday's, yesterday you're a dinosaur if you're not keeping keep up. Right. In 2014, I got a call from a 15 year old male. And what is very interesting, if we go back marketing wise, target wise, yeah. in 2006, when we started this, the average caller was 62 years old and they were male. Okay. okay. In 2014, now my marketing shift. Online changed a little bit, but the bottom line was it just blew me away.
0: The average- Okay, so, so time out again. Yep. Time out again. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to interrupt this man because of the passion he's got. I love him. To death. So what do you mean by the marketing shift? So, Talk about that. So the, in 2005, 6, seven, we were looking to get
1: into this. In 1970 to 73, in 2006, how old was that person when they got their first ads in? 16, 17, so in 2016, mm-hmm. it would be 60. So obviously, mm-hmm. that target would be after that, hey, had one, now I've got some available cash, you know, gotcha. I've got to spend a little money, I can buy myself a toy. Yeah. Well, that went on for the first five or six years, but in 2014, my average caller was 20 years old. What's up? I talked to a 15-year-old male in Toronto one night. Yeah, and you know me well enough. I, I get on the list. I was pretty direct. I said, uh, Chad, whatever his name was. I said, Listen, I don't mean to be rude, Kurt or otherwise, but what does a kid—no offense—what does a kid at 15 want a 46-year-old car for? <laughs> yeah. And Rivers, it was the most learned conversation I ever had. Love this lesson. And this is part, exactly this was Ross, don't you don't you know they're on video games, the Fast and the Furious? Uh, we play them every night. We can build them up to a thousand horsepower. I mean, he's got their rear-wheel drive, they're vintage, you can do drifting, you could do... Exactly. Wow. It was like, wow. wow. And you didn't see it, did you? You had to listen to see it. I, I had to listen to see it. And it was like from that point forward, and I hadn't really taken in the scope of what was about to happen, especially in the last two or three years. But in 15, 16, and 17, it was like um, service that 15 to 20-year-old market. And again, a lot of the fathers were in the background. The parents were in the background as far as helping out. But I was talking to the kids, which I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, a, a guy who's in his 50s talking to a kid that's 15. I mean, this is neat, like the passion of the industry. Because Totally, dude. We always, we always thought the car industry was going to be, you know, because it's true, twenty-three percent of people are not getting their license. Twenty-three percent of people not buying cars. Therefore, they not you know say they're
0: collecting them. Well, wait a minute now. So wait a minute now. So I just sorry I just going to tell you that again. You're one of my greatest friends. So you're to, you're a fifty-two year old man talking to a fifteen year old boy. Imagine what it's like when he gets off the phone and his parents say, "Who are you talking to?" Well, just a fifty-two-year-old man from Nova Scotia,
1: and and he is and he is flying, and invariably, I speak to both parents because, of course, they're they're involved. Right? I say, hey, Ross, do you think this is a good car for him? Do you think this is a good match for Matt? Do you think this is a good match for Chad? And we would go through that process. So you know what it's like, Rivers, being in business yourself. I mean, the reality is you have thousands of phone calls or hundreds of phone calls to find that handful of people that you really want to surround yourself with, and that's the same with this car restoration. And car, I can call car adoption business that we had across Canada. Um, So anyway, since then, it's been nothing but uh, mostly, I'd say 90%, 15 to 25 year old males from across country in most of those big markets. So it's gone crazy, but you can't find the cars now. That's the thing that's... Yeah, of course. Well, that's the case with the used car industry, let alone... We we just talked about that chip shortage. I mean, you can see why used cars going through the roof and that's going to... Hopefully, you know, coming back down a little bit. But um, for this, I was just at Barrett-Jackson last week. And we go every the Wednesday uh, during the week. Um, give you an idea. There was a 1964 Datsun 320 pickup truck that I swear to you, six years ago, I could have bought for $4,000. Yes. And it went for $55,000. So, right wow. now, Japanese, um, German, Porsches. Toyota, you know Toyota Supras, all the Hondas, all that stuff are now having its day because let's face it, the big block, the big three have had their day already. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. slowly going away. So I could see that trend, but I I really didn't recognize the trend of that fifteen year old when they when they started making those phone calls and inquiries about wanting to get a Z out of the Southwest U.S. It was it was really exciting, and I know they're and, continuing to be excited about
0: it. Yeah, and, and and is the reason still the same? So fifteen to twenty is the reason because it's gaming. It's, I want a car like that game or that player in that game or whatever. That's the that's the underlying rationale. I mean, they want a good car, but that's what's I, driving the conversation. I think it is.
1: Video, video gaming has definitely been a, a key component to it. And then you throw in the things like rear-wheel drive. Drifting, as you know, is big for kids. I mean, they've got sports now for drifting two cars together and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think wow. it's just the fact that the car is so iconic uh, because there's really no brand like it that has – You know, when they brought it to the shores of America, I mean, uh, Americans were looking for a two door little sports car that compete with a Porsche or a Jaguar, but for a tenth of the cost. And that's why they sold so many of them.
0: So, yeah so let's let's not underestimate it too here ladies and gentlemen the passion that's coming out from from Ross here too i mean that's uh you know I hear stories all the time well the, the opportunities there the opportunity there the opportunity but if you're in it for a long term with an entrepreneur and you're not happy with you I mean it starts off the date is good, but ultimately if you're not in love with that date long term you're going to want to leave. That relationship, and so that's what I, sort of mm. I love—the passion coming through. It's driven by something deep. You can't explain it. You just know there was a connection, and you are driving that home hard. So, how do you? How do you? I mean, sounds like marketing really is based on word of mouth right now. Or are you doing anything for for marketing? Because because you are a marketing—I'm uh, going to call it—I'm going to call it educator, not want to educate you know all about that marketing world do you do anything in that space to drive that conversation right now
1: well this is an interesting timing for uh for our interview because um last two years i have spent uh and the previous years to that doing nothing but other people's vehicles and uh, i hate to disappoint on this call but the reality is i think starting in summer 22 it's going to be restoring some of the things that we talked about before is that I'm not getting to my own stuff. And, right. you know, I mean, I'm 55, 56 here coming the next month. The reality is that there's, you realize that if you had 30 cars, there's no way you're going to restore them all. You can't, you can maybe yeah. do six or seven at the, at the most. Yeah. So I'm going to concentrate on my own stuff, but to answer your question, um, Facebook and some generic things, we were on Instagram and, but I, I had a real um, interesting year this past year when there was a I had a, a a guy that I knew for 50 years like you and I have known each other from high school that was in the radio business uh, who had a I he probably wouldn't mind me saying that he, he was depressed and down in 2018 and kind of disenfranchised with the media business came to me and said hey I'd love to work in the farm with you and you know we've been fast friends and fast together ever since helping me with my multi locations which we'll get into as far as expanding nice. business and yeah. he and he had a, a stepson that came and visited during the summer of 19 and was a car guy and wanted to do this stuff. And unfortunately it didn't work out well for us. Um, We had to part ways in the fall of 21, but the whole experience of it taught me that I can't have it more than the person I'm trying to bring into this. And it, and it it was this whole thing of, you know what I'm talking about Rivers, most of us, who have our own businesses, the value is in us, unfortunately. Most of the time, when Ross goes away, the business is going to... So when I saw this 25-year-old kid, and I use that with all respect, when I saw him loving the cars and wanting to do fabrication, wanting to do painting, wanting to buy all of it, because nobody wants to do it anymore. The person person that I have is 36 years in business. He's got so much business that he could work till 85, and he's the only one of a handful of people that are doing restorations when yeah. I saw this young guy come along, I thought, man, this is my way to, not from a monetary standpoint, but simply to pass the torch. To yeah, yeah, of course. Car, to keep the car restoration stuff alive. And when that fell apart last fall, that's when I had this, you know what, I'm going to work on my own stuff with my guys that I have internally and and keep going. But I want so to I pause, skip back.
0: Pause yeah. I want to because i got to turn the light on in the room. <laughs> it's getting dark here, man. <laughs> okay first of all uh when's your birthday in march man one five that's so interesting i'm two five that's so interesting it, it, that is,
1: it? it is interesting and rod reeves yeah. is, is march the ninth brad Bootler is march 24th jeff ainsley is march the seventh i mean you have all these people that i currently have in my circle a huge number yeah. of them are born
0: in march which is another aside it's interesting well That'll be a good party at the farm if we ever make that happen. So um, I want to talk about next steps, uh, but you've touched on something here. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I I knew this conversation. I mean, Ross and I have talked hours before about just stuff. And you talked about depression, and I don't. This is not about the person's name or anything, but you know that depression can be quite prevalent amongst entrepreneurs. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your friends. I've gone through depression, a few other friends that we've got, and I know my extended sort of like, talk about talk about mental health and your journey as an entrepreneur and how you kind of you know you eat right, Kimberly's a vegan and so on, but is there any any one uh, wisdom from Mount Sinai or and the other thing is, you know, how do you I'm a believer. It's 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 going to happen unless you actually protect yourself from it happening. Can you talk about that?
1: I I, I think you're I think you're right on. It's uh, it's one of those things. You already know, talked about the four Qs: the quotients of IQ, creative, and emotional, and adverse, uh, and spiritual. Those the key components. Um, when I, as you know, I mean, I was very depressed in 2005. I mean, I lost a major yep. lawsuit against a competitor. Yep. yep. Um, and not to talk about that, but I mean, again, it's per, it's personal reference of uh, sure. to answer your question is that I think that if you've, if you've surrounded yourself with people who believe in you, with people who um, know what your strengths and traits are, um, you know, I look back to 2006 when I slept for 90 days, 120 days, and I finally got a call uh, after uh, not losing the business, but certainly uh, writing a big check and, and, and going down the tubes of that uh, publication side. Yep. And I got a call from Chris Boone, the owner of day night signs in Dartmouth. And, uh, Chris knew that I probably wasn't ready to be because I'm a I'm an outside sales guy, I'm a front end guy, but I just yep. couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I was barely getting out of bed and Kimberly at some yeah, point was The whole thing. So Chris Boone calls and says, Hey, get in here. It's all incoming calls from Toronto and all the advertising agencies. You can do it for a year, you know, blah, blah. And he was, I, I can't stress enough. You know, I mean, obviously you were there and Brian was there, and Steve Fez, and hey. all these people, yeah. but it was yeah. the Chris Boone that reached totally. into my house and pulled me back into. So I yeah. think you have to have a, you have to have that. I mean, but the bottom, you know, the bottom line is you've got to get up off the ground. And I, you, I've heard you talk about it a lot with regards to, you know, you've got to fail to win. You, I mean, it sounds like so cliche, but you have to, if you don't have these little setbacks, mm. like the one I had last fall, you don't learn from that in order to get to that next step. And, and the reality is look at it this way. I mean, uh, I'm in Arizona. I spend the winters. I have a, a comfortable situation. I mean, hey, yeah, um, things are good. You know, we eat well, we talk well, we, we have a great talk to California. You're for two weeks. We, 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 do, we do cars back in the, in the, you know, in Kimberly Works Park. But the reality was that we we wouldn't have that without the support of people around us. So,
0: yeah, in- including including a good spouse. Um, oh, and no i really I, re- I really i really mean that along the journey that's very very powerful so thanks for letting me do that little segue on that i think it's an important piece i'm a big advocate i too slept for uh, i slept for 90 days yeah. and uh and it took me a while just to walk more than one time around the block it's but, but, a but ugly journey but wouldn't you agree i mean it's if you look back to both of our
1: careers the reality is that you know, Rod Reeves says it best to me every day. Hey, the decisions you make determine the life that you lead. I mean, that's just the, that's the, the adult yeah, way to yeah. say it. So the reality yeah. is, if I hadn't lost that $2 million, let's say in 2005, five six, Yeah, if I hadn't gone through that, I might not be talking to you on this interview. 100%, 100%. T- you know what I mean? So you you uh-huh. have to you have to know that all of those are for some sort of reason. Yeah, But for someone that says you don't, you know, luck's not part of it. I don't think they're, I don't think they're accurate. You have, you make your own luck a bit. You have to get yep. up and keep going and keep yep. knocking. But, uh, you know, there, there is a little bit of luck involved, no question. But the support structure you have around you is, is very critical. Yeah.
0: Really critical, man. Again, thanks for letting me do that little bit of a term, but it's an important one for both of us to talk about it. So talk about, talk about multiple locations. You mentioned that just a little while ago. Uh, talk about that.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is no matter what I've done um, on, on the marketing and advertising side, anybody, anytime calls me, even to this day, it's always, and this, I think, is the entrepreneurial absolute thing you have to have in your mind is because people kind of niche themselves into, uh, you know, do you only deal with taxes? No, no, I deal with any car that I don't, doesn't matter to me. I deal with, you know, and the same with, you know, whether it's wrapping a car, whether it's doing a bus, ever, whether whatever it might have been, sure, I can do that. And I was part of it. So, I mean... You know, I think sometimes we discount our skill sets and we and we kind of put ourselves into a little bit of a, a loop. So in 2017, we came back from Arizona after our first winter and I was visited by an ex-high school friend, an old high school friend, Peter Clark, who owned a chicken yeah. farm in Berwick, you know, 10 minutes down the street. <laughs> and he just and it was and this is in May, of course, River. So all the cars are coming out of the barn, as yeah. they say. Like like, the chickens. like going, the chickens. What are you doing? Yeah, these are chickens. What are you doing here? I'm like, well, <laughs> we we got a storage business, and you know, I kind of brought him up to speed. He goes, "Listen, my parents just sold our uh, sold our uh, quota back in 2000, but We don't do chickens anymore. We got these ten beautiful buildings that are empty. You want to fill them up?" And I'm like, so my point of this whole thing is, I follow through some of this stuff is the opportunities. I, I always heard from uh, a friend of mine in the city in Halifax. He goes, "Never." refuse to go to a meeting or a party because you don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen you, or a meeting mm-hmm. right you don't mm-hmm. know and you know i learned how to save with my with my father taught me how to mm-hmm. be a neighbor and all but my mother taught me how to talk to anybody anytime anywhere I, i'm you know me i'm not uncomfortable especially if i know what i'm talking about in front of large groups of people i've been on the radio been fired three times and you know yeah just just as an aside i think this is really critical and important to understand is that i've been fired three times Yeah. And I'm very good friends with each one of those people that let me go. Uh, because one of my favorite lines is this: "Sometimes you're the problem."
0: <laughs>
1: look, it's, and it's, it's and it's true. The ability to look at, isn't
0: it true? The ability to look in the mirror and go, "This has happened. You know three, this has happened three a, times. It's got to be me." I got, I got a friend of mine. He he went through similar things when he was young, and somebody pulled him. This problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. And his buddy pulled him aside and he says, Randy, did you ever notice who's always at the scene of the crime? <laughs>
1: Look in the mirror. Yeah.
0: Um, so the, Ber- the Berwick
1: expansion started in 2018. We filled their buildings up. Um, we we started another one in West Hans. Now we're filling their buildings up. And and, and now these are storage. These, these are, are storage. strictly winter storage for boats, Got cars, trailers, any toy that you might have. And what's interesting to me, and again, this is going to be broadcast. I mean, I'm sure that the, the other two partners wouldn't mind me hearing this or anybody out there. I don't care because you know as well as I do being on the marketing side as a marketing uh, guru for both of us, we teach. People don't want to be marketing experts. They want to be better plumbers. They want to be better, you know, whatever that might be, they want to be better at what they're doing. They don't want to they want to, they want to. They want to have some idea. Yeah. So now I'm getting calls from people. Now that we have these three different locations, and, and I think, let, let me back up for a second. In order to look after this type of business, I quickly learned that it had to be within ten or fifteen minutes of where I lived, because it's very expensive to do things like I couldn't have one in Halifax, I couldn't or Windsor, I couldn't run it. It's too far away, and it would yeah, cost so
0: perspective. Perspective give to, give to people who are so listening this from across Canada. Yeah, Windsor so is like a half an hour away. Forty Windsor, minutes
1: Windsor is thirty minutes up the road. Up, ironically, which is where our third location is, because yeah. You know what? What's interesting to me, and I know we're all over the map, which we knew we would be. But we're good. We're what's good. interesting to me is that the gentleman in Windsor said to me, because the deal is, it's a it's a management agreement. You, the owner of the business, is in, in the Clark's, for example, at Lone Pine Farm or West Hans Realty with Kevin. They yeah. don't do anything. I don't want them near the buildings at all. I don't want them to touch no. vehicles. I don't want them to hook up anything. No power generators, no battery disconnects, no washing nothing. vehicles, no curb. Nothing. You t- no- and you get 50 cents in the dollar. Wow. Right? Now, honestly, and I've had this happen, and so have you in your past. Wow, we're all full here. This uh, I did 40 grand, you know, this winter. Um, I... Why couldn't I just get Ross out of the picture? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, keep it, and keep it myself. Yeah, which is a possibility, and it's and I, you know, skin off my nose. I have a year to year agreement. Blah blah blah. Go. But here's what I've learned, and, and I think this is mm. really, I think this Love is really critical, absolutely important. The fact that you don't realize how good, how well you're doing a particular thing. Until you listen to customers come in and say, and then I'm not you know I'm not blowing myself up here. The reality is we you know I've got four or five key guys that are with me doing this stuff all the time, and they've got to know exactly what we're doing every day as far as parking and spacing. You know, and the customers all say the same thing. Can you can you do this in Halifax where I'm at right now? This is the best place I've ever been to. And mm. I think the marketing the marketing part of my journey mm. was completely invaluable. I mean, it was one of these things where as I looked at the storage business, what does everybody else do now? What do customers expect? What do customers, more importantly, what are the problems, frustrations? You've heard that line. What are the problems, frustrations, annoyances? Yeah. What are those things that really they don't like? And we fixed those. Yeah. And so applying the marketing that you and I both know to this particular situation has worked Famously, I mean, it's been it's been incredible to simply apply the principles of the customer experience to this particular. And this is not a and this is not a complicated business. But I'll tell you one thing: you back a sixty thousand dollars Porsche against a wall and scrape the paint off it, you're not going to make it for year number two because you're writing ten thousand dollars check to get it painted. I mean, this is there's a lot of risk involved too, right? So it's very important for everybody to understand what what we're doing. So now I'm getting calls from people who are opening storage businesses in Nova Scotia. I got one in Hildon. I got one in Cape Breton. I got one in Halifax. And I think there's one more that called out of the blue, but through customer connections and everything else, I'd like to open a storage business in in Truro. Would you come up and consult with me to get it
0: started? So, I mean, it's been,
1: believe me. so what do
0: you say? What do you say? Because you said you can't go within 30 miles because the business won't work. No, so but I can no, you duplicate it.
1: I can. So what I what we're doing now is Paul and I or Rod and I will yeah. fhi- physically I say hi a rod
0: for me. Good guy. We'll physically go to Truro and train the staff. Got it. Got it. And hope it.
1: that that sticks. And I get my fee to do that or whatever. And I and I leave. Because again, you can't do anything without that 15-20 mile radius because it just costs. You know, there are certain things that, you know, there's a a policy and procedures little little pamphlet that we put together, and it's 20 things that never happen on the car farm or never happen at a storage business. These are all obvious drop-dead things. You never drive a customer's car off the lot. You know, I mean, all all kinds of – you never park without two people. You know, there's all kinds of things. But it's interesting that, you know… I, in 2016 or 2012 when we started the business never did I think I sincerely because you know me I was kind of on the downside getting maybe ready to set up to retire and or at least semi and in 2012 it was this is a place for my 30 cars and then all of a sudden it was like what are these empty spaces well you we might as well sell them and then it moved into 2015 where you know Peter Clark I would you like to do our building and it's just about to the size that I'd like to do it but you know as you look at this from an opportunity standpoint, is that there's always going to be toys to store. There's always going to be inside things that people want to put away for years to come. And I think that someone, you know, someone could probably take over what we're doing now. So that's what I'm in the middle. And, and I I referenced that at the beginning of our conversation is I think I'm going to basically slow down from any importing. I'm done doing things yep. for other people. Yep. yep. Basically look after my own backyard. And uh, attempt to look for a sale for the firm in the next three years, of which I've had two offers already one from Ontario and one from Halifax to sell everything. Because a good friend of mine in Halifax came to me and said, "Uh, I don't think you recognize the value of what you have here. You have four properties to live in, that's worth X number of dollars. You have all of these buildings and you have these other two management contracts, which, if they continue to go, generate X number of dollars for the business plus the restoration side and plus the, all the other things, little things that you have on the go. And it's all about connections. You're the one that has the built-in value of connections. I just can't call Rivers Corbett and say, Hey, you know, cause I don't know Rivers. I just can't call Farrell Jordan and go, Hey, would you restore my car? I, I don't have these. I can't call Dats and South down here in Surprise, Arizona and go, Greg, can I park four or five Z's at your house and have them serviced by Jason, your tech. So, I mean, it, Entrepreneurship is definitely about making all of those connections, but ninety percent, ninety percent of the journey is just getting up, though, isn't it? It's just getting up, and that's what <laughs> frustrated me with this last little failure we had last fall. Was all this up? Op- I mean, think about it, Rivers. All this opportunity laid at this person's feet. Yeah. Business, business for ten to twelve years. Yes. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in in business, and good kid, but just couldn't get his head around. What, and it wasn't my expectations. It was what do you want to do with this, so I can yeah. put together a consultive approach to hold your feet to the fire. And yeah. when held feet to the fire, it just it just didn't happen. Which I still to this day feel bad about, but it is what it is. I can't, well, yeah. want, it more than somebody, I can't want it more than somebody else.
0: Now, if you don't, if you want it more for them than they want it for themselves, it's not going to happen. The other thing, a lesson learned in the stats showed is that most successful entrepreneurship journeys start with people in their 40s, not in their 20s, not in their 30s. The smart 30 year old or 20 year old are starting to build a business. We'll bring in the 50 year old and the 40 year old because of the connections, because uh, okay. of the scars, because of the depressions and all that stuff, because they know right. the journey. They know the road. They know the road. So, a couple of things come up of this conversation. First of all, Thank you. I could keep going, as you know, um, but we're an audience of entrepreneurs here. Our attention span won't last for days with us. <laughs> we might ask for another 2.0 conversation. You know, I, 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 before I forget, I want to, I, people are leaning, how do I hang out with you? They want, to, they want to know more about you. What's the best way for them to hang out with you?
1: I would say email zsportcanada gmail.com um certainly welcome to do a facetime call you know anything like that zoom call. are you on
0: linkedin or anything like that
1: i am on linkedin yeah
0: yeah ross parks let yeah. it go to go yeah. there man take it up the other thing i want to tell you my friend and uh you talk about connections is that i was having a conversation with with my lovely partner samantha uh this morning about friends and that inner circle and the people you can call and they're going to be there for you and and no questions asked. You can count on them. They've been through battles with you. They've been through good times. They've been with bad times. You know where I'm going with this. You, my man, are one of them who are in my inner circle. We don't talk a lot, but I'm always uh, want you to know you are in my inner circle for all the right freaking reasons. And so, thank you, man, so much, Ross, for hanging out with me today. It's always I, I was a little bit worried because. He was running a little bit technologically wonky on me, and I said, "Oh no, here we go." He's going to claim, "Oh, no, I no. couldn't get on." <laughs> we, we
1: got it. We got it. We got it done. But I, I, I really want to thank you, Rivers. I mean, I listed, you know, I've got a short list, as you probably do, of people that yep. you may not see very often. Um, I think, uh, I think, what entrepreneurs really have to look for again is you better look back and never forget where you came from. I mean, the reality is that how could I ever be mad, and I use that term lightly, how could I ever be mad at a Mel Cooper who showed me the road to entrepreneur, you know, in Seacoast South? How could I ever be mad at Rivers Corbett who has done so many things to help me zag instead of zigging? I mean, you know <laughs> your favorite line. You know, the Brian Bullies who've been there. So you're right. There are a handful oh, of people that you can't handful. say enough about that you could call out of the blue, and those are the people that keep you and I going and you and I yeah. pumped up to, to get to another day. So uh, I love hey, your brother
0: and uh, thank you so much. for awesome. Day. Enjoy yourself in California. Go hang out with this man. Say, what's, what's the name of the company again that uh, you said East coast. Uh, it's called Z sport, Canada, Z sport, Canada, Z sport, Canada. But your, your email is East coast. Something, isn't it? No, it's a Z sport, Canada at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Love it. You're awesome. You're going to be, uh, anyway, love you, man. You go enjoy yourself. We'll be in touch. Thanks, everybody.
1: Good luck, everybody. Take care.